Hello. Wow. Welcome to FOH. Here we are. I'm Lillian Devane. I'm Kelly Sullivan. And we're back. Yay. We took a week off uh, for the high holidays. Mm-hmm. That's not what they are, but just Thanksgiving. But Lillian was stoned, weren't ya? What? Didn't you say you were eating oh, meat coming? Yeah, I was a little bit stoned. I try to be, I'm trying to be, like I've mentioned, be a stoner. Yeah. It doesn't come to me naturally. Yeah, it sucks. Be, yeah, it does suck. I'm I'm also a very anxious person, and then that's magnified while I'm high. Yeah, I just don't like weed. Yeah, I get it. I just am trying not to be such a drunk, so. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Space needs to be taken up somehow. Yeah, I understand that. I understand um, that. But that's I, a classic getting sober move. I know. Well, it's not technically sober. I feel like people don't count that. No, I feel like a lot of sober people are, are like, stoners. they're like, I'm a, I'm totally sober. And then they or get they get into like working out. Yeah. Um, did you have a good Thanksgiving? I did. Yeah. Great. I went, uh, I went to my friend's family's house in Teaneck, New Jersey. Uh-huh. Um, took the West side highway up, you know, a lot of traffic. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Very fun. fun. Thank you. Her, um, great uncle who was the host, like she and her brother are both fairly tattooed people. Definitely. Her brother has more tattoos than me. We probably have about the same amount. And her uncle, like at one point he was like, well, what do your parents think about all these tattoos? To you? Yeah. I was like, um, I don't know. I had a black boyfriend and I had an abortion. So the tattoos are just. <laughs> you did not no, say No, I didn't that. say that. That's I, hilarious. But I did say, I was like, I do other stuff that makes them more mad. That doesn't make them mad though. No. But, yeah. <laughs> They're not like actual. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> They're like. <laughs> they are caught. Gone. No, they're not like. Oh, no, no. Okay, okay. Sorry, my parents aren't segregation. Yeah, I was like, well, what's happening? Um, that's funny. I I was in New Orleans, which is very fun. Yeah, I love it. As love we, it down there. As we know, I love it very much. It's such a, the, I mean, everyone loves New Orleans. It's not a, an interesting thing to say, but it's a, it's fun to go. Actually, I've met people who don't like it, and those people were sober, so no yep, shocker. Yep, go work out. Oh, my God. Anyways, but I, I love it. It's such a great vibe there, and it's and I got to explore more of the city that I hadn't seen before, and that was really cool, um, and I had some great service. Like, the servers there were just, like, would, I, I mean, I was a little bit hormonal, but they were, like, <laughs> would almost bring me to tears how nice they were, and I was yeah. just like, Fuck. The South is just, that is real. Yeah. Everyone's so. Everyone's so nice. Accommodating. For no reason. Yeah. Just like how we're mean for no reason. Right. They take it the other way. It's the the flip side of that coin. I can't believe that that's a thing. It's a broken mirror when New York and New Orleans look at each other. Oh my God. It's nuts. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That was pretty cool. I had to send some things back. Mm which was not, I felt like I was a real New York city, a B word, a B word, if you were you being will. a B word, but I didn't do it in a mean way. And they were legit things that I needed to send back. So it's yeah. fine. It's fine. Sometimes right? that happens. It doesn't happen to me often more than once in like, you know, a year. Yeah. It's once in a blue moon. Do you send stuff back every so often? Like what? What's the last thing you sent back? I think the last thing I sent back was I drank a beer that evidently the, the top like the the 
Yeah, it was a dirty line, not clean. Yeah, like it was like sweet and weird and like very doggy, fermented. Yeah, like I was just like, oh, this is disgusting. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and I was like, I'll just take a can, not a big deal. Yeah, Um, but it was great. It had a lot of great food, a lot of great uh, drinks. It was awesome. Yeah, beautiful. Um, And I saw a ghost. I think. At the um, beginning of the month, you said November is spooky too. So, and it came to pass. It did. Everything that I've ever wanted is happening. Um, wow. I well, okay. Here's my ghost story. Kelly's already heard a little bit of it, but um, but not the full thing. Not the full thing. So it was my last day in New Orleans. It was like daytime. Controversial. Not orthodox. Does it exist? It does. I looked it up. <laughs> does <laughs> daytime exist? That's quite controversial. <laughs> <laughs> Quite um, no so i was walking around i'm just saying daytime because a i wasn't drunk i was drinking a drink but i wasn't drunk mm-hmm. which is like it's so crazy to me that that works in new orleans even though they yeah. do have, they have a very high crime rate and it's got a lot of like obviously a lot of like issues but why can't adults be trusted to drink a drink on a sidewalk? It's, oh my God. It's yeah. Fucking, I, I don't understand. I wasn't like getting hammered in the streets. I was leisurely. Right. It's nice to be able to walk out with your drink. It's freedom. Oh God. God. It is so nice. Yeah. It's amazing. Take a stroll with a Pim's cup. I mean, <gasps> it is beautiful. Oh my God. That's so beautiful. It's what I was doing. When this happened. So I'm in the French Quarter drinking a Pimm's Cup. I'm walking with my boyfriend. I look over to my right and walking down the street is a woman in like super historical garb, right? She's wearing like a ruffle bonnet, an apron that goes all, a white apron that goes all the way down. You know, those ones that go up top, like the full pinafore kind of thing. Right, right. And then like a long ruffled, like striped dress. And I turned to my boyfriend and I was like, I wonder what like historical, like reenactment or whatever that person's going to, or what like show or whatever. And he was like, what are you talking about? And then I like turn around and she was gone. And it, it and it was like one of those things where like ultimately seeing a ghost is embarrassing. Like it's like not, <laughs> you know, like it's like, <laughs> like you're like, oh my god, I it's a faux pas, it's terrible. Well, it's just something that's like like I've always wanted to see a ghost, and then I never thought about what would happen when I did see one and how it just sounds so fucking stupid because it just it does sound dumb. But anyways, I look over, she's gone, and I'm still like, okay, whatever. Obviously, people duck into like storefronts, car, like there's a million explanations why she would be gone in an instant, even mm-hmm. though that's kind of crazy because she looked so insane. Um, but I looked all the way down the street. She wasn't there. I looked at all the car. I like looked in the cars. <laughs> that's a little more okay. embarrassing. Well, I okay. Say. I wasn't knocking on a car. <laughs> Hello, is there a ghost in there? Um, yeah, just really going for it i didn't like go into the cars i like i like i jimmied open the doors i pried open the floorboards i was like show yourself um so anyways um and then i was like okay she probably just went into one of these storefronts but then i looked and there was no open door like there wasn't all the doors were such they're like those flat new orleans uh board doors and windows and none of them were open none of them like they were all shut like there was no entrance nothing was open and i was like where the fuck did she go 
And then my boyfriend was like, I think you just saw a ghost. And I was like, I don't think so. Right. And then I looked up, I like came home and I like looked up four hours, listeners, just to totally scully this. Reader. I had a Mulder experience that I wanted to scully it. And I said, what plays are going on around town? What are some historical reenactors? What does a Civil War nurse look like? Was she, there's a historical hospital around the corner. Do they do... Do they force their staff yeah. to wear old-timey costumes? Is there a dumb bar that's like, we are the Civil War bar, or whatever the fuck. Yeah, I yeah. like looked up any possible thing, and I couldn't find anything. And that doesn't mean, again, this is not... Like, it could possibly not be a ghost. But it's kind of a crazy... It's probably the craziest thing in that nature that's happened to me, because I just can't figure out what happened. I think it was a ghost. Do you think so? I do. You don't because believe in ghosts, though. I know, but that doesn't mean they're not real. Hmm. You know, I don't okay. believe in evolution. Uh, yes, you do. <laughs> know, don't be kidding. an idiot. Um, I think that, like, what kind of what's striking to me also is, like, almost the impulse that you had to say something about it is, like, why, like, why did you have that impulse? You know, not to, like, not even to, like, a couple blocks later be like, I saw a lady in, you know, like, why did you have that moment yeah. say something to the person you were walking with. I mean, I'm always a judgy asshole walking down the street. I know, but <laughs> you judge, you're like, look at this doof. I mean, kind of. Ugh, but anyways, you never really see, you know, it's always the men that get the historical reenactor stuff because they're always the soldiers. Right. You know, there's not a there lot of... There weren't women. Well, People don't know that. There weren't women back then. People <laughs> don't realize... Were, it's a more recent advent it's... than you would think. <laughs> We're just, yeah, we're actually men pretending to be women. <laughs> there used to be none of us, but now we've we've taken a page from the men's books. Right. Um, yeah, but anyways, straight up freaking, what's her name? Who was the famous Civil War nurse? Um, Clara Florence, Barton. Clara B- Barton, is that true? Yeah, yeah you're Florence right. Nightingale's Nightingale in Europe. That's later. a Crimea. Great. Well, anyways, hats off to the ladies of the Civil War nursing unit. <laughs> One of your hotties was trotting down the street. Hotties. <laughs> I, I see you, ladies. Um, That's hot ghost. Music. Hot ghost, yeah. Although I don't know. Yeah, anyways. I should have thrown some hardtack at her and seen what right. she scuttled if for she, it. If she was like, whoa, <laughs> she's a person. If she's like, yummy. <laughs> and then flies straight vertically up. <laughs> She's like a dog. Like I throw the hardtack and she jumps up to like levitates to eat it. Then, you know, it's a civil war ghost. (laughs) Get ghost hunters on this. Anyways. Beautiful. That was the last day of my trip. It was very eventful, but I, I had, you went out with a bang. I did. I had so much shrimp that I, I needed to come home and not eat something that was like old bay and crawfish. Right. It's really good though. I love shrimp. Oh my God. Favorite shrimp and grits, shrimp oh. po' boys, mufalata, I jambalaya, oh gumbo. gumbo. I ate all of it. soup. Ate Delish. all of it. Ate all of it. Got very sick, but mm-hmm. I ate all of it. So beautiful. Anyways, but I'm glad to be back mm-hmm. here with you, oh, Kelly. I'm glad too. Um, what are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about an article that was on Thrillist by Kevin Alexander. Was it Thrillist? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was Eater for some reason. I get the two confused. Um, No, it was Thrillist. You're right. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to doubt you on air. Uh, it's called, I Found the Best Burger Place in America, and Then I Killed It. Wow. Wow. 
Yes, I saw this. Somebody posted it, I think, I don't know, somewhere on my timeline, and I was like, what is this? Very catchy title. Oh, yeah. Um, But it's a fascinating article, and then this guy has also written like a three-parter uh, piece on this sort of trend. Mm-hmm. Um, he He calls it the hot new food town, and he sort of used Pittsburgh as a as like the exemplar. Right. And we've all heard of this like did you guys know that it's weird, but like actually like Philly's like really good food now. Or like yeah. you hear these sort of things all the time and and he put together like a lot of different uh like cult- cultural trends that I had never really put my finger on exactly. Yeah, and it was yeah. really, really fascinating. Um but he basically kind of starts back um, with what he calls the good food revival movement, which I really love. I love all of his phrases. That he yeah, he's, he's a clever guy. He is. He has a new book. He has a book coming out next oh, next year. Um, we should chill for him. We should. <laughs> um, but he's he said uh, that he can trace it back to Portland in 2007, which is sort of like what so much of our ire Mm-hmm. in most ways is directed at the start. Like that's whole the whole. Some would say that's why Trump got elected. Is Portland in 2007 <laughs> yeah. with like bespoke ribs mm-hmm. translated so, all the way. Some would say. Some would say <laughs> that someone is me. And that's someone? Kelly Sullivan. Right here. Um, yeah. I mean, I famously have been to Portland. And hated and it. And hated it. So I've never been. 100% agree. Um but it's it's sort of like he he references uh, so it's different things. So it's first of all like the listicle mm-hmm. culture that we are all living in and have been living in for quite some time, mm-hmm. right? Of like we our brains are broken by the internet, so we process things in yeah. bullet, in bullet form, yeah, and six second videos, right? And we just need it to be like. Like, it can't even be, like, an essay. No. Like, it has to be, like, one, two, three, boom. Done. Next list. Add on the butt, out the door. Yeah, which is also bad, obviously, for writers who are cranking these out for mm-hmm. pennies on the dollar. They're bad for us, the consumer, mm-hmm. and they're bad for businesses, um, one might say. So maybe let's talk, sorry, let's start with the article about the, the burgers. Yeah. So basically he was like, I want to be this anti-listical. Like, he's like, I'm not going to be a listical guy. He's like, cause he was saying that basically the lists only like beget more lists. Right. And so it's like once one restaurant is on one list, it's going to get on another list and another list and another it's list. It's like a chopping block, like, uh, what's it called? Conveyor belt. Right. Exactly. And so he was like, I'm going to do the anti-listicle. He's like, I'm going to take a... Th-. He also references having kids. So then when he did this, I was like... Mur. But he was like, I'm going to take a 30-city tour <laughs> to research the best burger in America. And it's not going to be a listicle. It's going to be based on me and my observations and my truth. A noble odyssey. Yes. And fuck those kids. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, and then... So he crowns this one place in Portland, of mm-hmm. all places, mm-hmm. uh, the number one burger in America. But it's not like a hip, cool place. And he says that he's like, it, it was decidedly because of this sort of like 
unpretentious, unplanned. Been there since like the 40s. Just like one of those things, one of those places that just naturally accumulates a, a charm. It's not curated. It's yeah. Through it's history. Authentic. It's all, hate, yeah, hate to use the word authentic, but it is. It's, yeah. it's a fucking whole, it's a family owned restaurant. Down home. Yeah. And so he's like, this is it. And then they fucking closed like six months later. Which, of course, when I was reading it, I was like, how is that possible? How is it possible that a business that has a, a new booming audience that everyone's excited to go to, how is it possible that that makes a place close? And the answer is so fascinating and sad and crazy. Yeah. So basically, he went back to portland to talk to the owner and he expresses so much he's like so upset and guilty about it which this guy actually sounds awesome this writer he's just like this is fucking awful i ruined someone's life and their family heritage like he's like very upset he seems like such a nice guy yeah he does um also he was like at one point in the article he's like have you ever looked at an old woman and felt jealous because you know she didn't have to give make a phone call that caused her anxiety that day which i was like (laughs) so relatable yeah um but he went to see the owner of the restaurant who inherited it from his parents and basically the guy was like it wasn't like the people who came in were outsiders Mm mm-hmm it was so busy that they couldn't get the experience that they, that this place, Sanich, Stanich, Stanich was known for because it was so busy. You couldn't clear dishes efficiently. You couldn't put out the food efficiently. Right. Quotes were going out wrong. Like how long the burgers are going to yep. take. We're going out long, wrong or being overquoted to deter some people. And then he was like, so they weren't getting a good experience. People were getting upset. And then they were outsiders, so they didn't have any investment in actually improving the restaurant or, you know, returning. Returning, right. And then they would leave. So they would be like, you know what? This place that has so much hype, I'm going to fucking leave it a bad review. I'm going to yeah. leave it a bad Yelp review. I'm going to bad mouth it to people. I'm going to say, this place is overhyped. It sucked. We couldn't even get a burger because they, right, they have no investment in it. And, the guy was saying the owner that, you know, a lot of the people who worked there were his family members and they weren't like equipped, like they had never yeah. had to deal with this sort of thing. And they're not like equipped and trained to deal with like a mass horde of people waiting five hours for a burger. Like it's so stressful. You just can't. Yeah. It's so stressful. And I think that's such an important piece of like restaurants are supposed to be part of a neighborhood and part of a community and restaurants are supposed to serve food from like people in the community serve food to people in the community. Mm -hmm. And like, maybe it is really good and maybe the reach is broader than just your immediate geographic area. But the idea is that when you give feedback, when you leave a review, like that should be because you want to see something sustained in your home. Mm-hmm. And I think like he just pointed to something that's so toxic about like coming in and just being like, you know what? Actually, I'm not going to ask. Yeah. The idea, taking a look at um, sort of a new cultural phenomenon, uh, which is food tourism, was so. Barf. Which was so fascinating yeah. because that is something. And it all goes back to like consumerism and Instagram and celebrity culture and all of that stuff and like SpawnCon and all that fucking bullshit that is so vapid and soulless and extending that into something that 
that is food and is community and tears that away from it is so toxic. And it, and it just, the, the one time customer food tourism thing, I was like, fuck, of course, like that is so detrimental to an institution or to like a new business. Like that, there's nothing it's soulless there's no connection and of course that's bad for it and it, and it's just such an interesting like it, it's not exactly something you can like touch you know but yeah. it, it's just something that happens and it's, it's just so fascinating to start talking about it I think yeah totally I mean I think that's something Shit, that my phone fell on the ground I was very I impassioned the screen broke no, Lillian why? I'm just kidding okay um <laughs> I, I think it's something that people also ask us about pretty frequently where they're like, well, how do I become a regular and how do I become? And I think it's just that it's like having, even if you can't, like if there's a restaurant that you love, but it's like, say it's out of your price point, you can only go there like once every two months. If you like have like a true warmth and an emotional tether to that restaurant, I think you can become a regular that way and mm-hmm. saying like, this restaurant is like an important part of my life. And I wanted to see it succeed. And like the staff, I mean, insofar as they're able, like I'll recognize people that don't come in. There are regulars that I have that come in most days, but then there are regulars who come in, you know, like once a month. Yeah. And I remember them. And it's like, you do remember them. And it's like, it's so, that's even like so nice to, to come into contact with someone who's like, I come here as my treat. Like I come here as my like, you know. I mean, and I was thinking about it too, just because I I was recently, you know, this past week in a place that is like so high on a food tourism. Uh, oh yeah, you know what I mean. And it's like you got to go to Johnny's Po Boys. Like I always and I and I've only been to New Orleans twice, but I've been there for like a week each time. And like I'll go back to the same place when I'm mm-hmm. there. And and it was like okay, like how much of part of the problem am I, you know? And all of these places have lines out the door, and it it and the workers are stressed out, and it's like I still try to like, even though I might put it on my Instagram story or whatever, I'll be like I'll joke around with the person mm-hmm. at the register, I'll tip them, I'll buy merch, I'll buy a fucking koozie, right. I will like, you know, like I, I as much as I can because I'm only going to be there once a year, I'll participate. You know, it's just it's it is like you're giving a little bit of yourself. I know that sounds like hokey, but that is like what makes it a special place and going in and taking a picture of a melting ice cream cone over your manicure and then throwing it in the garbage doesn't make this ice cream place a special place or whatever the fuck. Totally. You know, I think with you, it's such a double edged sword because you do have such a, such a clout on social media. I know my followers <laughs> want to see the content, and you so know. it's really tough and for the me. The reach—it's such a broad reach. Totally, the totally. <laughs> no, it's it's tough because like, or like, you know, I went to like a jazz club, and there was like a woman selling food outside, and I was like, hell yeah, I'm gonna go buy this like jambalaya or mac and cheese from this lady selling it outside the jazz club, and like talk to her, and it's gonna be fucking awesome. And it's just like stuff like that that you know that's the kind of experience and like community and food. That's like so cool when you're traveling. Yeah. And I think, um, I mean, obviously I'm completely addicted to my phone. Like, yeah, me too. But I think it's like, it is so important to be able to like separate a true experience from like it's documentation. Totally. And like, not on some like fucking like, I don't know. It feels so like masculine to me to be like, 
phones are ruining society. Like, I just so rarely hear a woman say that, you know? Yeah, because guys want to be like, gotcha, at, <laughs> yeah. every go- at every point in turn of your life. I also, like, my theory on that is that, like, women have emotional connections in their life and then like use phones to like supplement them and that men don't have emotional connections in their life and then blame the phones, Mm. you know? Interesting. That's my theory. I mean, women are also expected to like answer and reach out and text and check in and provide emotional support. And that happens via phone a lot. Yeah. So suck it. I'm being nice all the time. Constantly. 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 Um, yeah, and I think, God, it's, like, it is so strange, like, how much the that, like, quick fix weird food culture is, yeah. like, dominating. Like, you know when you're in a cab and it's, like, Jay Leno rides a Ferrari into a golf cliff or whatever the fuck, and then it's, like, this crazy ice cream that you can, like, scoop up and chop into a no, I was burrito, and you're, like, the what? article on my phone and in, in an embedded ad was, like, an a video for this rooftop bar makes the biggest cocktail in the world or like whatever in the article where he's like listicles. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's tough cause you want to draw attention to small businesses and you want them to be successful. But I feel like because we're so obsessed with like trends and we're, and that our phones enable us to be obsessed with trends that it's just like this disposable thing now. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like, don't you, we were just talking, we were walking down the street one day and I was like, remember when that restaurant used to be like really cool and now no one goes there. And it's like, and then we were like, that must be so sad for the chef. Like we were just like, can yeah. you imagine being like the hot new restaurant that's like lines on the block and now everyone's like, oh yeah, that piece of shit that opened three years ago. Yeah. It's like, Jesus. Like, oh, no. Sad. Sad. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's like, I think, well, something that we were talking about too is like in terms more so related to like the hot new food town. Yeah. Is like. I think it is this idea of like tailoring food so specifically to what's on trend. Yeah. So that like, there's no like miss on the menu, mm-hmm. you know, like, so you're like, okay, like everything has to be just what's already popular, which right. is like, that's not invigorating as like a consumer. You know what I mean? Like you're like, yeah. you go and you're like, well, I know that's going to be good. I know it's going to be good. And like, it is nice to sometimes like have a fucking weird thing on the menu. Like, well, it was saying like the food, like the, the culture, it's sort of like saying that all of these like cookie cutter ideas and are being just dropped into all of these towns Yeah, and that reviews are being written of these places when the places haven't opened yet. It's yeah. like this like jumpstart thing yeah. that's like, here, we're going to put down an Asian fusion barbecue place yeah. or like a whatever. Like, right. Like this has a raw bar. This is charcuterie. Like da, 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 da. Yeah. This, yeah. All and of that I think- stuff. I mean, I've said on this podcast before, like I'm obsessed with the crash and the recession and how that affected things. And like it being 2007, that like, that's the start of this revival. And then having these menus that are just recreating what's already popular because it is fucking risky. Of course. If you're like, okay, like this can't fail and we need to make money every single night off every single thing. Like, yeah, you don't want to put out a menu item that someone might be like, this is gross. Right. And creativity suffers and innovation suffers. 
you know, and I suffer as and a result. I Honestly. Honestly. Um, yeah, it's it's just really fascinating because I think this is just sort of like kind of like I said before, like a new a, a new thing that we are just now able to take a look at in this way totally. through this lens because it's been this amount of time and we're seeing this con- this trend again and again where it's like it's Austin now mm-hmm. it's you know I don't know where the other ones that he was it's mentioning like, Asheville I don't know all of these are like, you'd be surprised to learn that in a small southern town they've got grilled octopus or whatever yeah. the fuck these articles are about you know and uh, and then it's like well who is that attracting who are these restaurants benefiting it's you go in closer and closer and you're like, what's happening to the community? I mean, it's all wrapped up in, uh, you know, gentrification and all of those sort of things too. And like, are we stabilizing a culture and a community by opening these places? You know? Yeah, totally. And I think something that you are touching on is also like, it's not even something that people are making more money off of in the front of house, which is what we care about. Yeah. It's the title of our podcast. Yes. Um, that you were talking to someone who bartend, who's bartended for many years and they were saying they used to make so much more money. Yeah. Um, they were saying that they would make like six, eight, a thousand dollars a night bartending, which is crazy in, in, this is in Boston. Yeah. And this is, um, when sort of like the cocktail revival around the same time, um, around like, yeah, pre just pre pre-crash pre-crash and and now that is absolutely not the case not in boston not here i mean there are places here where you could make that money but that is absolutely not the norm on like a wednesday night no from anyone i've heard and you the places you have to work are right bananas yeah they're very very high very demanding service jobs yeah um, yeah, and it, and I was just and she was talking about that, and I was like, God, that is so crazy, and what what that means, and and what that means for us now, and like where where is that money now? You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. like where is that going now? And and who's spending? Who was spending that money? And and who's and what are they spending that money on now? And mm-hmm. like it's just interesting. I mean, they're probably those people who are spending that, dropping that cash are probably what their late thirties now. Yeah. I mean, I think they're probably not going out. <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. yeah. Sad old bags. <laughs> <laughs> if you're good for society, you don't show your baggy face anymore. <laughs> um, yeah. I think probably the people who are in their like late twenties going out right before the crash are now, yeah, they're like young parents and they're probably, or they're just settled down and like, don't want to do that anymore. Okay. So the cocktail money goes to the baby money. Okay. Follow the money. Follow the money straight to the The baby. Okay. Okay. I gotcha. So the babies are pushing us out of the job market. Okay. I knew it was their fault somehow. And now I know why. Not only are they cuter than me. Oh my God. But they're getting more money, which isn't fair. Unbelievable. God. Uh, I know. I just want someone to put a diaper on me and when tell me When is it going to be children of men, you know? <laughs> the, the point of that movie was that bartenders made a lot of money. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You I nailed it. That, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah, I think one thing that we are talking about is also um, weed culture, which we were famously just saying you're <laughs> embracing. I mean, it's it's a thing now. Yeah. An, I, an unfair, fucked up industry uh now obviously i think it's changed bar culture and going out a lot that weed is just like a 
thing. It's so interesting that you say that because I, I do think that's true. I hadn't really thought about it because I always thought because I think it is now way more acceptable for like white middle class people to be like, yeah, I'm going to get high tonight. And everyone's yeah. like, oh, OK, cool. You have like a cute, like nicely packaged edible chocolate. Oh, my God. So fun. Like yeah. that absolutely was not the case. It was like your shitty Rasta, like white Rasta friend with a Scarface poster. Yeah, I think, yeah, and, like, you have a vape pen now when you go out, and you're just like, okay, like, I'm gonna get one drink and then hit the vape pen. Yeah, I I mean... Instead of getting ten drinks and paying my rent. Yeah, guys, lay off think, the vape pen. Okay, think of me. Think please. of Kelly. She needs new clogs. I, yeah. Anyways, yeah, that, that is interesting, and I think... Yeah, how are we going to compete? This is us against the weed Big weed. Lobby. Big weed. <laughs> <laughs> Big weed. <Yeah>. Weed leaves. <laughs> I don't know. Like, what else is So there's the crash. There's weed. I mean, it does. It's like it went somewhere. Damn it. Where did it go? Is there, Everyone's getting high and raising kids, and it's not good. Yeah. I mean, is no, it? No, it's fine. I mean, part of what he was saying about the hot new food town too, is like the cocktail program. That's a big change too. Yes. That's huge. Like we were, we were talking about how it used to be that you go to a bar to get drinks, you go to a restaurant, maybe you'll have a drink, but you're there to eat food. And Mm -hmm. you know, people drank at restaurants before 10 years ago, but, but it was, it was now every place has such a curated cocktail program for the most part it doesn't mean they're good but it means they have a cocktail menu and yeah. most bartenders are now like working with fresh juice and no basics and classics um so yeah so it, i think that is absolutely changing where you're like well why would i go to this bar that doesn't have food if i can go to this restaurant that has both or you know yeah. it's, it's sort of just like changing how much money we spend where yeah i think also something we talked about a a while ago was talking about how kind of almost the proliferation of cocktail programs has actually diluted the talent pool of bartenders. Oh my God. It is such a fucking problem. Yeah. And it's nuts. Like people who don't actually know how to make drinks, but know the menu. And then, so it's like the, then the idea of like that being a valuable skill is like, well, no, if you don't know, yeah, that's why I had to send a drink back in New Orleans, the city that that bur- you know birthed cocktails. Yes, that's true. So many were invented. Down I there. had to fucking say this isn't a Negroni, bitch. That's not what I said, but I'm, I'm screaming. Someone made my Negroni with Aperol, and I was like, "Are you out of your mind?" Aperol. That sounds not good. No, it wasn't good. <laughs> and then I made the mistake of befriending the bartenders and then I was like, "Well, I can't send this back." You know, and it, it, like it was a yeah, complicated That is complicated. I'm an idiot. Anyways, you, that's why you should never we take back everything we said. Yeah. <laughs> Don't make any friends because if then if they fuck up, you can't call them out on it. Yeah. And say this drink sucks. You should have accidentally knocked it over and then be like, "Maybe it's that's a sign." Oh, I guess we should try something else. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, I mean, it is really, it is really frustrating, and it's frustrating for the people who are doing the jobs without knowing what the fuck they're doing. That sucks. Oh yeah, it totally sucks. I mean, God. Anyways, um, yeah, you're like, someone's like, can I have a penicillin? And you're like, what is that? I don't know. Um, what else? What can else? we can we possibly say? What can we say? <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's just like it's an important thing to like 
when you enter a restaurant, I mean, we've talked about so many times, like you're, you're part of the community then once you're in it, once you're in the doors, when you're here, your family, right. You know, and sometimes you hate your family. Right. And sometimes <laughs> your family makes you, you know, want to scream and then you just hold the candle right under your palm and you say, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Mommy. <laughs> I, I just, I, I do. I don't know. I was thinking about this too. When, oh, first of all, also when I was in, New Orleans, there were places that had, they, a lot of places have uh, their drinks in plastic cups, so you can just take it to go. But I had a place in a plastic cup and a metal straw. I was like, what are we doing? You're like, guys. Uh. What are we doing? Um, anyways, uh, so I think what's great is like this concept of like, I saw way more in New Orleans, possibly because they have to like fend off the tourist hordes so much more. Mm-hmm. Is this like, this is how it's done. This, yeah. these are the rules, yeah. which I fucking love. No, I don't think I it's that. inhospitable to say, like we've mentioned before, you come in here if you're a tourist, if you're not, but this is how we do things and we're happy to give it to you. But if, but if you don't like it, then you may absolutely go somewhere else. Yeah. I think it's like, I think that is actually part of authenticity is like saying like, look, we curated this and we planned it and, and we know better than you and we know better than you. And we're sticking with, you know, when you come in and you try to change the menu, you're basically an (laughs) anti-vaxxer. What do you think? What do you think Lillian? This is touchy. This is shaky ground. <laughs> shaky ground. But we can talk about it. Okay. Because I'm saying you think you the know. Scientists, like, the scientists don't know what they're talking about. You're saying I, you know, I graduated high school and I think I know better than the, the scientists. I was about to see that better than Marie Antoinette, but that is not. I was thinking Marie Curie. Better than Marie Callender. <laughs> Her home-cooked pot pies will cure any ale you have. (laughs) Kelly's a pot pie vaxxer. I'm a pot pie truther. (laughs) I'm like, they don't want you to know. (laughs) Smearing it on my face and chest. (laughs) Um... Anyways, I guess what we're saying is uh, you just have to go to every restaurant you ever go to at least twice. You know, just mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. That would solve the whole problem. Even if you hate it, too bad. You have to go back. Too bad. Go back. Three times. Apply just... for a job there. <laughs> <laughs> you live there now. <laughs> if you want to fix the world, you have to go out to eat the same place over and over again. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you just at a restaurant you hate. You're like Why? trying to shove food in your mouth. It's so disgusting. <laughs> you constantly have food poisoning. <laughs> like this place sucks. Um, oh, we want to say a couple housekeeping things. Um, once again, thank you all so much for listening and for reviewing and rating and subscribing. We we're over the moon. We love you guys Absolutely. so much. It means a lot to us. Um, we have started a Patreon, which uh, it's not. Obviously, you don't have to do it. But if you feel like you want to contribute a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars a month, whatever you feel you can afford or would like to chip in, it helps with just like our costs and, you know, figuring out how to run this thing. Yeah. This gravy train, if you will. Um, and we have like fun little things. If you do subscribe, we'll give you extra fun content. It won't be too much of us, but... 
Just a little bit more. <laughs> You're like, no. how much of Kelly and Lillian can I consume? You're like, is there an amount of money I can pay to never? Not, yeah. Can there be no extra content? And that we say, yes. Yes. Don't, just don't look at. Just send me $100 and I'll never speak to you again. <laughs> That's the top tier Patreon where you never have to hear anything we say again. Yeah. Um, and then we also still have t-shirts for sale. Um, we're, I think we're only out of the small whites yeah. and everything else. The mediums are pretty small though. And I think they will suit your skinny little body just fine. Yeah. And it's the holidays. Maybe gain, gain a few, you know, put pack on the pounds if you want to fill out your FOH shirt. Yeah. <laughs> just think of us, <laughs> you know, you're eating so much of that bad restaurant. You don't <laughs> like just like fried gizzards or whatever the fuck. Um, so yeah so um thank you all so much for your support we love you so much we love you. and uh we'll talk to you soon see you soon bye bye